A very good evening to you and welcome along to this edition of Gospel For You. Gospel For You was set up first of all in April 2021 and it's part of our heart to get the good news of salvation out to every language group around the world. And we do that partway through this program. Each week we have a theme and this week's theme is the eyes of the Lord. And we're taking our scripture from Psalm 33 verses 12 to 22, which you'll hear Bev Venning reading a little bit later on. I'm going to be reading right now from verse 12 through to verse 15. And there is a lot that you can actually gain from this particular scripture on its own. And also in the studio, I do have a guest and I'll be introducing him in just a moment. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. From heaven the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place he watches all who live on earth. He who forms the hearts of all, who considers everything they do. Now we do have one day into the studio and one day is no stranger to gospel for Grampian. Welcome one day. Oh, thank you so much. Um, Psalm 33 has, is embodied with so much um, powerful message, I must say. Um, see, first, uh, the, the verse 12, when it says, Blessed is, is the nation whose God is the Lord. I think we're God's people. We're God's chosen people. See, that, 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 that word just speaks to me every single time. And it's all, every single time I heard it, it's just, it connects uh, the first Peter 2, 9 to me. And it's just, it's just the, the fact that Peter was expanding on the fact that we are, we are royal priesthood. We are holy nation. God's special possession. It just tells us how important we are in the eyes of God. Yeah. I don't think we actually realise one day how precious we are. But I think when we do start realising and we're told this in the core scripture for for Christians to take hold of, and that's uh, John 3.16, For God so loved the world mm. that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes shall not perish but shall have everlasting life. I mean, who, which other God would do this? Which other human would do this? Mm. Oh, God's love for us is, is unimaginable. I think his love for us is is a, is a is a sacrificial love it's is one that um that keeps giving it's a beautiful love it is a beautiful love and it's a i think they call it agape love yes unconditional love it is ours our love for uh, for god and for others is i'm afraid to say at best conditional however much we might dress it up and my gran used to call it cupboard love, <laughs> where you were only going after her because you knew that there was something nice in the cupboard. I love, I love the way the Greek puts it. The Greek has so many translations for that love, you see. Um, I, I think it's philos. Philos. Uh-huh. Uh, like a, a, a friend, friendly love. Yeah. Uh, um, um, but they've got about four different meanings of love. But for English, you just have one love. <laughs> I, I don't think that it can capture the unimaginable love that God has for us. I think that. that but 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 um, 
but it it is expressed d- deeply in the Bible and in his expression of in in his in Jesus Christ it is expressed how much God does love us very much so and it goes on verse 14 from his dwelling place he watches all who live on earth he who forms the hearts of all who considers everything they do i mean i don't think god is just necessarily to trying always to catch us out but what he does want to see is a heart that loves him back Hmm. a heart that loves him back and that lives that are lived for him rather than lives that are, are lived for themselves but he gave us a free will anyway yeah i think god does care about us so much and in in, in that care he, he's just looking out for for um for for a heart that yearns more for the things of god a heart that yearns to to worship him um i think in another in another verse we we are called just for a, to, to it sounds it sounds really weird when 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 i hear this that our purpose in life in life is to worship god <laughs> we, it is um i know it sounds really strange but 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 that is the truth you we find purpose in the things of god and i i found purpose in the things of god god changed my life entirely as he's doing for me none of us is a finished product but we are being worked on by God's Spirit who knows all hearts and minds and it be as well we consider this following scripture Hebrews 4 verses 12 to 13 for the Word of God is alive and active sharper than any double-edged sword Hmm. it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow it judges the thoughts and intent attitudes of the heart some versions might put intentions of the heart Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Mm. Everything is uncovered, laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. That bit is scary. But at the same time, we're told, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen for his inheritance. And as we'll go on, we'll be able to go and see how this particular scripture develops. Before we do go on, I need to tell you about what is also up and coming later on in the programme and there will certainly be more from myself and from one day. In just a moment we have got uh, Bev Venning reading out Psalm 33 verses 12 to 22 in full. As part of our project to get the gospel, the good news of salvation made possible through Jesus Christ out to every language group, we have your gospel, John 3.16 in Faroese, Estonian and in Belanda Viri, which is actually a language for South Sudan from the city of Wau and Western Equatoria, so I am told. So that we've got that one. We have a testimony from Nicola Martin and uh, Kingdom Come with Fergus Buchan as well, finishing off with Carla Rasmus, but your hand in the hand. I'm going to say let's go on now to psalm 33 psalm 33 verses 12 to 22 blessed is the nation whose god is the lord the people he chose for his inheritance from heaven the lord looks down and sees all mankind from his dwelling place he watches all who live on earth 
he who forms the hearts of all, who considers everything they do. No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love, to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Welcome to your gospel, making the good news of salvation available to language groups around the world. Here is John chapter 3 verse 16 in the Faroese language. Tu is so elska i god heimen, at han gav son son hin einborna, fyri at kvört han som trurer han skal ikke fortæppast, men have ervet liv. Your gospel is made available by Gospel for Grampian Radio, which it is heard every hour, on the hour, and on podcast from podcast.g4g.org.uk. Listen in life from listen.g4g.org.uk. Hello everybody who's listening to us here on Heart of the Matter. It's good to be with you all again. This morning we are really pleased to invite you to a conversation with Nicola Martin. Hello Nicola. Hi, thanks so much for having me. (laughs) It's a pleasure. Now Nicola is a research assistant with the Evangelical Alliance. You come from Lenzi. Yes, yeah, I do. <laughs> it's a little bit of the countryside between here and Glasgow. <laughs> yeah, you've got that good balance of kind of being in the country, but being so close to the city as well. And you went to school where? Lenzi Academy. What did you do when you left school? I went straight to university, to Stirling Uni, and I study politics there. I'm just about to graduate in June, hopefully, if I pass. <laughs> <laughs> What made you choose politics? Good question. I have always been interested in how the country works, I guess, how we can be looking out for people who are in poverty. When I was in school, I loved modern studies. I also loved music. So there was that, which one should I go with? But for me, politics was a way of helping people. If I knew the system, then you'd be able to change the system. I sat and listened to my grandpa and my dad discuss politics every Friday night at dinner. And I was like, why are they not doing anything to change it? So for me, if you want to moan about politics, you should get involved and be the change within it. That's a very big ambition. (laughs) And where do you hope this will take you? I don't really know exactly. My interest lies within public policy. So I'm open to working in Parliament, but I'm also very open to work for a third sector organisation that either helps people in poverty or helps women in particular that are in poverty as well to get a better chance at life and to get out of lifestyles that are maybe quite harmful for them. I guess it's my faith that spurs me on to want to give these women a better opportunity in life and help them to see that there is hope for them. 
Now, you're a Christian. You've just said you have a faith that kind of spurs you on, presumably to give us a better country to live in, from your explanation. But a Christian faith and politics is an unusual mix. How do you bring those two together? I think there's this misconception that faith and politics don't go together and that faith and politics always means the negative stuff and what Christians are against. But actually, I think that faith can really spur us on to want to see positive changes in our nation, that God values each and every single person and we should want to see that played out in our politics and the way that policies are shaped around the way that we value people, that each person should have an equal opportunity and are loved and should experience that love. And I think that goes hand in hand with politics. And yeah, I just think that Christianity plays a really important part in that and that as Christians, we shouldn't be shying away from getting involved in politics and wanting to make that positive change. No, you're right. I think it's because we see so much corruption reaching the newspapers, which is what I think biases us. But at the same time, there is an awful lot going on, which is really good, which is what you've just said. We wish you all the best in that. Thank you. (laughs) So you have a faith. How did that come about? Well, I've been brought up in the church. My parents have a faith. Both of them became Christians when they were teenagers and have continued to go to church their whole life. And I'm so thankful that they brought me and my brother up in that environment. But it very much was our own choice so I made a decision to follow Jesus when I was really young but again I would say I recommitted myself and made that decision when I was a teenager a more educated decision to follow Jesus knowing that there was other options knowing that there was more scientific arguments and things like that I genuinely do look at the world and see that there must be a creator God and I've seen examples in my life and in friends and families' lives of miracles that have happened that I just can't put down to anything but there being a creator and a provider who's looking out for us. Now, university is quite a difficult place to hold your faith, isn't it? Yeah. Because there's so many other influences. How did you manage to hang on to what you believe to be true at university? I have been very involved in the Christian Union and that has been a major part of my university experience. So for me, yes, it's hard to be a Christian, particularly in politics classes where everyone around you thinks Christianity is irrelevant. But having a group of friends at university who also have that same belief, who also have the same struggles and face the same objections and also the same temptations that you face when you're at university has been really, really helpful for me. And actually it's helped me not just view my faith as something that I want to to keep going with, but actually something I want my friends to experience as well. And I know I'm here to represent the Evangelical Alliance, but the vision of Christian unions is as well as to get the gospel known on our campuses and I just really grasped that and for me that's been a really important part of my experience at universities how do I love my course mates and my flatmates who don't know Jesus in a way that makes them want to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. So you've been there as a, as a witness you've had a ministry really in university. You decided to take this internship with the Evangelical Alliance. Is that part of your university course or is it an extra add-on bit? No, it's definitely an add-on bit. 
in fact, it was supposed to be a graduate programme, so I don't know how I've ended up doing it while I'm at university, but it's been really helpful. This year I've been doing my dissertation and I've been looking into the influence of evangelicals on politics, so it's been a really helpful experience to be working for the Evangelical Alliance alongside doing my course in politics. It definitely didn't come about because of my university, but it came about because a friend suggested it to me and I just applied for it and I got it and it has been really helpful and I hope that I've been a help to them as well as being a student and working for them. That's a lot of juggling. Your internship in your final year at university and you're really involved with Christian Union and presumably you've got life (laughs) in the middle of all of that. How do you juggle all of that Yeah, it's hard. This year has been a hard year. I work for the Evangelical Alliance two days a week. I am in university another two days a week, technically, with classes. I don't have many hours of classes this year. It's been mostly work that you do yourself in your own time. So that's been helpful, but it's also been hard to get that discipline. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I just try and make those three days a week that I'm not in the Evangelical Alliance very much my university days and concentrate on them. The Christian Union I have been involved with this year, but I had to take a slight step back from that so that I can focus on getting my degree and also do my internship well. And yeah, I've somehow managed to have a, a bit of a life as well up until the last month where I think I've just hidden my room for most of it. Yeah, it's been difficult, but it's definitely been really rewarding. And the way I look at it is this is one year of my life where it sets me up for the next however many years of my life and these are really helpful opportunities so it's definitely worth the added time and stress that mm-hmm. might come about because of that yeah so let's have a little look about your job your role with the evangelical alliance now the evangelical alliance seeks to represent evangelical christians in the uk what do you mean by evangelical for me evangelical means christians that are committed to following jesus that they recognise that Jesus is the way to the Father, that's the only way, that they take the Bible literally, and that there is some sort of activism in their faith, that they want to act their faith out in a practical way. That was a good answer, one which probably a lot of people who are not Christians would not agree with you in terms of where the Bible is taking us. It's really important to know that the Bible is absolutely true because it's the word of God. So how do you seek to do that in your role as a public policy officer, maybe? I don't know what you call yourself. But... Well, assistant <laughs> public <laughs> policy officer. Yeah. Okay. How do you seek to do that? So right now we're focusing on Isaiah 58. So reading through that, we take out parts that we really see God calling us to speak into public life. So part of that's looking out for the widow or the people in poverty. And we apply that practically to public policy. So I guess you could say we use secular language to speak into situations that are going on in our country. But our motive behind it is a biblical one. So we take the values that we believe the Bible gives people or the world because right now we're working on climate change, the bill around climate change. So we take what we think the Bible says about how we should look after the world, but we put that into secular words and try and influence our government in that way because there is a recognition that 
if we speak in a biblical way to a secular world, it's probably not going to be received as well. And so you say you're working on climate change. How do you do that? You're obviously writing papers. Who do you take those papers to? Where do they go? We have been in correspondence with a few MSPs on this from a range of different parties. They have a pretty similar stance on that we should be doing better to look after our climate and that something needs to change in Scottish policy, but each of them has a different view of how that should be done. So we speak to them, we express our thoughts on that. We also engage with any consultations that the Scottish Government puts out and we encourage our members to do the same. So we've been working in correspondence with Tear Fund to get our members and their members to respond to these consultations. In order to engage our members, we, as you say, are writing articles, we're making videos to put up on social media. We're just doing some small things that hopefully help our members and evangelical Christians understand the need for this and then to encourage them to also get in touch with their MSPs because we realise that although we do make a difference, it also is better that it comes from a range of voices, particularly from constituents speaking to their MSPs. It's not just climate change, is there? There's a huge wealth of subjects that you could choose from. You're looking at Isaiah 58, but did you just pluck Isaiah 58 out of the Bible or do you have some kind of guidance and policy as to what you're going to look at next? So the Isaiah 58 came just before me and Bethany started as interns and I think that the other members of the team really in the Evangelical Alliance in Scotland really felt like God was guiding them towards this passage and not because it was random but because it really sums up what we believe in the areas that we believe we should be working in. But also at the same time, we don't just shape what we're working on around these verses, but we shape it around what's going on in Parliament at the time. So climate change is something that's been discussed a lot in Parliament at the moment. So we're really engaging in that because we realise that's what our MSPs are engaging in. And we tend to do that on every topic. We try and stay relevant and we try and engage in what's going through Parliament at the moment. So a couple of months ago, it was the hate crime campaign and we had a lot of our members contact us on that. And obviously that was something that was getting discussed in Parliament a lot. So we try and stay relevant to what's going on at the time. And it's not just that we randomly wake up and think this is the issue we feel like dealing with today. But we want to shape issues that we actually have a chance of shaping. So the things that are getting discussed already. It's a very interesting thought to think that somebody from maybe two and a half thousand years ago or more is speaking into our situation here in 2019. Do you think people might say, why would you use Isaiah, a prophet from before Christ, to speak into our situation here? I think people might. But I think it is relevant if you read it. I don't think there's anything in Isaiah 58 that we would disagree with that goes against any of Jesus' teachings or anything that anyone would particularly disagree with in this day. is still very relevant. It's relevant to the issues that we face. And I think even a lot of people that don't share our faith would look at that and be like, that's a good model for how our society should look and how 
I guess if you want to use the term religious people should be engaging and helping the people in our society. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's much contention about what Isaiah 58 says and how that can be relevant in our world today or in Scotland. If people want to get involved in this campaign or indeed any of your campaigns, how would they do that? So the first way I would recommend is through just getting in touch with us at first, through email, social media. We are on most platforms of social media, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. That's a really easy way of staying up to date with what we're doing and to get directly in touch with us. The second way that I'd really highly recommend is by becoming members of the Evangelical Alliance. I think that the resources that we produce can be so helpful in helping Christians engage in policy, engage with what's going on in the country, but also in serving God in their local church and being missional people and just in a wide range of things. One of our resources, Speak Up, is one that helps Christians engage with religious freedom and their rights as a Christian in their workplace and whatever else. So by becoming a member, I really think that you can receive really great resources, but also you can be part of our movement. And we are so happy to work alongside member churches, member organisations and individuals as well who want to get involved in that. I guess also we would also recommend that yes, be in contact with us, but also a lot of what we do, although we represent you, is encourage you to get involved and things as well and to be a voice as well yeah so i would say be in touch but also be active as well and presumably people just go to the web to look up evangelical alliance yes there's a main website a fairly new one for the whole of the evangelical alliance across the uk and then under nations there's a section for scotland as well do you know it's great to hear your passion for what is ahead of us as a nation especially right now and it's just great to hear young people alive and wanting to get involved because the bible is so central to what you're saying i'm just going to get you to read a little bit of isaiah 58 this is isaiah 58 verse 6 to 9 is not this the kind of fasting i have chosen to lose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer, and will cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. Thank you very much, Nicola. It's really good to speak with you this morning. And it's a great way to finish, to leave the last word to God, actually, isn't it, in, in all your work? Yeah. So thank you very much indeed for being thank with you. us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is Gospel for You, and you've been listening in to your Gospel, John 3.16 in Estonian, a testimony from Nicola Martin, your Gospel in Ferraris, and also you heard Bev Venning reading from Psalm 33, verses 12 to 22, and this forms our theme scripture for this program, and our main theme is the eyes of the Lord.
I have in the studio with me one day because in the first part of this program we were reading really from 12 through to 15 and thinking and discussing about that but right now one day perhaps you'd like to read the next few verses oh yes thank you so much Rob um and then verse from verse 15 he who forms the art of all who considered everything they do no king is saved by the size of his army no warrior escapes by his great strength a horse is a vain hope for deliverance despite all its great strength it cannot save but the eyes of the lord are on those who fear him on those whose hope is in his unfailing love to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine thank you one day now as we were talking even before the program started you were thinking also not only about these first few lines hmm. of the the scripture that we're considering but also those last few lines would you like to read them again about the eyes of the lord oh yes um for me it was, it was verse 18 where it says um but the eyes of the lord are on those who fear him and those whose hope is in his unfailing love see i i, I tried to check uh, the, the the message bible for this and and then see and a different translation because i, I like how simplified they, they, they put that it's it says in the message bible god's eyes is on those who respect him the ones who are looking for his love so he's, he's kind of saying that we need to con consistently find god's love and i found that interesting <laughs> but because in, if, if you compare that to to john 3 16 it, it says um god already loves us but why do we need to find his love that that puzzles me a little bit um he's ready to come to their rescue that's the next line <laughs> can you imagine so be i feel like god is always stretching our hands out but we need to actually go over there's an action that we need to take yeah. as well that's very true one day i, I believe that god is He's, he's ever there for us, but it's as he's given us a free will. It's really up to us to actually take that initiative, take that offer mm. and work with it, walking to God via Christ, via what Christ did on the cross, walking to God so that it's him that we're actually seeking. And how can we do that? Well, as we did also discuss a little bit before him about seeking god yeah. we've got to do that as god gave himself for us so we need to seek god through our obedience to his word through our reading of god's word and yeah. our obedience and love the lord god with all your heart mind soul and strength and your neighbor as yeah. yourself yeah. and by obedience by seeking god by prayer about yes worship as well we discussed how worship was important yeah but it's not the only thing no no it's not um i i think though we're called to worship um but it says in it says uh, um when when jesus was asked um what, what the two greatest commandment was so love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul um, and all your mind and but the, the the second greatest one is love your neighbor as yourself we are also called to love our neighbours in that assignment. Definitely. 
and not always an easy thing. No, no. Um, some I, I realized. I remember some. I was having a discussion with someone, and uh, someone it was saying, uh, "Sometimes, how do you love people who don't deserve the love?" And someone said something profound in response to that. Says, um, "We we can't love them with our own love, but we can love them with the love of God." Yeah, and that's where the different kinds of love come into their being. The agape love mm. instead of the filios love mm. that we spoke about. That is the human love, yeah. the friendship love, but it's the agape love that, that really we need to be working towards. And I know on my own one day, I can't get there without God's help. Yeah, definitely not. I, I, can't, I know definitely that I can't. Um, but you know, when you say that God's, God's eyes are on us, it, it's not only that God is watching, like uh, is watching to see when we're doing something wrong, but he, I think His protective, His protective eyes are on us. So if we fear Him, if we look towards Him, if we reach out to Him, He's looking to protect us. He's looking to be there for us when we are losing, we're losing out on things. When we we don't, we're not, we we don't know what to, we don't know what to do. He's reaching out to help us. He's yeah. always there. He is always there. I think it would be a good idea now to get into Kingdom Come with Pastor Fergus Buck and, and we'll be back with a bit more and an opportunity for you, the listener, to respond after this. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Kingdom Come, our second series of teachings with me, Jess Priest, and Pastor Fergus Buckin from MMI London. Thank you all so much for tuning in and joining us tonight. We are so happy to be back with you all again in 2024. If you missed last week's episode, we were in the book of Matthew, chapter 24, and it was all about the Great Tribulation. In tonight's message, we are still in the book of Matthew 24, and we are working in the verse 32, and it's all about the parable of the fig tree and the signs of the times. So without further ado, over to you, Pastor Vegas. Well, thank you, Jess, and good evening, everybody. And hello again, Jess. It's good to be with you, and it's good to discuss the things of God. We're working, as we already <coughs> mentioned, in the book of uh, Matthew, chapter 24, where Jesus, our Lord, is prophesying the end times. So, Jess, as you know, and we all know, what better prophet is there in the world than our Lord and Master, our Lord Jesus Christ? And to, tonight, I want to discuss with you, uh, saints, um, the parable of the fig tree and, and what it means and what it, uh, um, what, it, what it tells us. And we've got to be aware of this because Jesus always uses, you know, Jesse keeps it simple for us because we're both simple people. Okay, so don't take offense anybody out there because Jesus says he hides the things from the wise and the intelligentsia. But he reveals things to the simple. We're not stupid. Simple meaning just we believe everything he says. Okay, so I'm a simple man. And I'm quite proud to say that. I'm not a foolish man. So the Lord is talking about the parable of the fig tree. Now I'm in Matthew 24 again. And I'm going to be reading from verse 32 going down to verse 35. And then I'm going to expound a little bit on this. And then Jess can... Like she normally does, if she's got something to add to it or a question to ask, you're welcome, Jess. Just, you know, you can pop in and just um, ask a question that I hope I can answer. <laughs> well, this is the word, of the, the word of the Lord. Okay, so I'm going to read it right through, guys. 
then I'm going to expound a wee bit on it. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. So, okay, now let's let's see what the Lord's talking about. First of all, he's talking about a fig tree. Now, I come from Africa, and uh, I happen to love figs, and I love fig jam. Fig jam, mm-hmm. I used to get it on bread for Samis or sandwiches, as you folks overseas would say. In South Africa, we say Samis, and that would be my mm-hmm. lunchbox with a bottle of juice at school. I love figs. One of the main reasons I love figs is because my master did. He used to eat figs. You know, he cursed that tree. We'll talk about that another time, maybe. But anyway, I'm not cursing the fig trees. He's talking about the fig tree, Jess. When you plant, I'm not a farmer. I did have a mission station once, and um, I know about crops and about growing things. But when you've got fruit trees, they always come into leaf first, and then they show buds, and then a little fruit appears. The fig tree starts like a little pimple. Okay, that's how he starts. And then he grows into a beautiful, beautiful fruit. Um, God is telling us here that, let me just read it again here. It says here, now learn this, this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves. I've just said that, haven't I? You know that summer is near. Because fruit can't grow in winter. Unless you're a strawberry farmer. But but we're talking about citrus and, and figs. Figs were, were prevalent in, in uh, Jerusalem and in uh, Israel. It was one of their main diets, that and dates. So it has to grow in a warm, warm um, atmosphere. So he says, he's telling us that when you start to see this, you know that that fruit is coming and the fruit will come and will be ready to harvest and eat. He's telling us, Jess, We've got to be aware of the end times. He's telling us, brothers and sisters that are listening to me, you've already listened to, uh, hopefully, or not the first two inserts, but they were talking about beware. Well, what's going on in the world now, week by week? We're not talking about, oh, well, next year we heard about a war that's starting up with the Houthis that are on the Horn of Africa blowing up commercial ships. No, it's happening now. And America, and Britain, which I live in Britain, and my son, by the way, is a pastor in Boston. He lives in America. They're busy bombing the Houthis. There's a war going on. So what the Father's telling us here, Jess, is that just look at nature. And nature always has a season. Now, the Lord is telling us here, this season is coming to an end for us. And our next insert, you don't want to miss, because that's our last one. I'm going to be it's going to be a good one. Not that it all isn't good. It says here, it's a quite a, a, a um, this is quite a, like a paradox here. Surely I say to you, this generation will, will by no means pass away to all these things take place. Is he talking about us, Jess? Or is he talking about the time when Jerusalem was sacked in AD 70? I believe it's for both. Because this generation is seeing these things, isn't it? Earthquakes. Yeah. Famine, pestilence, 
wars and rumors of wars. Right? So now what are you saying, Pastor Fergus? Well, what I'm saying, I'm well on in age. Just you're a young girl, young lady. There's a good chance you and I will both be alive when he comes first, when the rapture mm -hmm. comes, or he comes to collect us. Okay, whatever you want to call it. He's coming. There is no doubt about it. And what he's saying here is be aware. Because when he comes, when he comes, it'll be like a flash of lightning. That was last week's uh, insert, remember? There's no time then. And this is what's relevant. Just what I, I try and emphasize, and I spoke about it at the service on Sunday. You know, those that are living in sin, those, those that are unbelievers, you know, you can go on. Oh, well, I'll, I'll just live my life a little bit longer, and then I will come and repent and give my life to Jesus. Okay? No. Because when he comes, you won't be expecting it. You'll come at a time where you're not ready. Or, well, I don't believe you're ready anyway. If you haven't made a commitment to the Lord, knowing the Lord Jesus Christ, you're either a believer or unbeliever. Okay? But still, still. And then also, while we have this time, while we've seen uh, the leaves coming on, while we've seen the buds coming through, while we've seen the start of that little fig, we've got to be out there working for the Lord Jesus Christ and fulfilling Matthew 28, 18 to 20, which is known as the Great Commission. Reaching yeah. the lost. That's what we're going to do, Jess. So the Lord is, is, is telling us here, <coughs> look, at the, look, at the, look at the fruit. Look at look at uh, um, nature, and he says, "Yeah, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away." He's saying, what he's telling us is absolute truth. It's going to happen. Everything in the Bible, up to Matthew and past Matthew, well, everything in the Bible that was prophesied has come to pass. We're in Revelation now, okay? So that's coming now. But everything else, and that's where the atheist. Or the unbeliever, uh, the agnostic, he can't argue with us. Jess, if we go back to Isaiah, we go back to Ezekiel, we go back to Elijah. Everything is prophesied about the Lord's coming. Everything that was said then has happened seven, eight hundred years before. Now he is speaking and he says, I'm coming back. So, Jess, let's talk about this. How does this uh, sound to you? Where are you at? Yeah, I mean, I think I can just like re reiterate what I said last week. I mean, you know, I think to most prophets, pastors, believers around the world, I think, you know, the times and the, the things that are happening around the world, it, I think we can all kind of agree and see that, you know, time is coming. Um, the end is very near. Um, and, you know, I think the signs are very apparent. Um, you know, but like I said last, last week whether it's next week whether you know jesus comes in a month in a year two years three years doesn't matter whatever the timing is you know it says numerous times in the bible be ready be prepared and i think that's just kind of the most important thing um and to not let i guess the fear overcome you and kind of take you off the the path. I think the most important thing that is actually a very exciting thing. Like I can't wait. <laughs> I'm so excited, and it's and it's an amazing thing. Um, yes, obviously the thing that 
are happening around the world, like the natural disasters, the wars, of course that's scary, for sure. Like that's, you know, but I think at the end of the day, the thing we need to just focus on is the Lord and also just getting ourselves and our ho- and our house ready. Well, that's very good, Jess. And you know, listeners, now, this is a young woman speaking and she's very excited. Okay, and, and, and I'm, I'm looking at Jess as I talk to you, and we're both very excited. She knows me very well, and I know her very well, because there's nothing to fear. Okay, um, it, all that we've got to make sure is that you are ready, and he knows your name. Your name is written in the Lamb's book, otherwise you're getting left behind. Okay, and, and you don't want to be left behind, because Jess, what's happening now is bad enough, and it's going to get a wee bit worse yeah. before he does come, by the way. And it's going to be tough, right? But then when we are gone, it's going to be intolerable for those that are left behind. So I like what you said, Jess. Folks, as we close now this this, uh, chat for this evening, get your house in order, like Jess said. Get ready. Try and live your day for that he's coming tomorrow or he's coming this afternoon. He could come right now while I'm talking to Jess. We don't know. He could be five years away. Because nobody knows. And that's what I'm going to talk about in next week's insert as we wrap up Matthew 25. And please, as Jess well knows, brothers and sisters out there listening, we could talk about the parable of the fig tree in 10 inserts. But we haven't got the time. So I've given you an overview of Matthew 24. <laughs> right? And I think in the four inserts that we're going to do, you're going to have a good understanding. But like I said to you last week, take your Bible. Matthew 24, go and read it. Take your concordances and see what the Bible is telling you. So thanks, Jess. That was really good tonight. I really enjoyed that. Let us close in prayer, and I'll hand back over to you. Father God, I thank you for this evening. I thank you for this discussion, the parable of the fig tree. Thank you, Lord, for making it so clear to us, a simple folk. Lord, that you you use a, a, a fruit tree to warn us what's impending so lord jesus protect favor and bless every listener that's listening to this podcast protect jess and myself and my family and her family we ask this in jesus blessed name till next week amen amen well thank you so much pastor Fergus, for sharing that with us and thank you to everyone who tuned in tonight as always if any of you have any questions or prayer requests please send them in to our prayer email address which is mmi.londonprayer at gmail.com. And Pastor Fergus would love to hear them and get back to you. So we'll see you all next week. And don't forget to tune in and join us every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Until then, God bless. God bless. Pastor Fergus Buchan with Kingdom Come. And he was speaking about the parable of the fig tree. Uh, Thinking about Matthew chapter 24. Right now we're coming back to our theme as the eyes of the Lord and from Psalm 33 verses 12 to 22. Uh, This is a big scripture and uh, already uh, Wanda and I have been able to get quite a bit from it. We've just been thinking about it um, and what these scriptures would mean to us. I could even say what do the scriptures listeners mean to you how is what we're saying impacting you the listener one day if i can get you to read out from verses 20 through to 22. oh thank you uh, 
<clears throat> so Psalm 33 verse 20, we wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Thank you, Wondy. That's a really positive finish of, I would say, to that particular scripture. Uh, when we're putting our hope in God and he really comes through for us. Hmm. Have you, uh, one day I didn't speak about this to you before, uh, have you had any instances where you have put your hope in God and he has come through for you? Oh, severally. Um, he has divinely provided for me when there was no way out. It looks like nothing can work and there was no way to get funds and he just kept on providing and it felt like uh it felt like i couldn't believe in myself i must say because i i i went through that that season where the doors were not opening and at, at that point i needed to turn to god i said god in you i commit all my being please provide for me and it just doors just started opening up people started offering me divine divinely just uh, providing for me it's just I, I can't explain how exactly that happened but it was sending people to my part that, that didn't that i didn't even have to tell my story to but they they just they just knew that i needed something and they just suffered it to me and I, I think that's how god works he he sends um when when we run to him he's always willing to help us and he provides everything that we need. Doesn't always though come as we might expect or as we might hope, mm. but it comes nevertheless. And I think it'd be a good idea just to read that scripture from verse 20 through to 22 once more. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Thank you, one day. I hope, listeners, that, that has, the programme has inspired you through what you have heard on here today. And not only from one day having very kindly given us an indication of what God has done for him. And I can honestly say, listeners, that for what God has done for me, and when I was looking out for a girlfriend, then who became my wife, I had to first of all demonstrate and run to God, demonstrate that I was seeking God with all my heart. God said, you need to put me first. And when I put mm. God first, then things started happening. Then Helen came along. And, and even before that, as I have told people, Many people, uh, I aim about led to write down a, a list of everything I wanted a wife to be. Hmm. So I wrote down about 30 or 40 things in here uh, and finishing off with, and it would be great if she liked beards. Well, I can tell you everything has been oh, praise God. <laughs> Everything. And, you know, God has that way of doing things. He knew already, but we have to come to him our hearts have to be demonstrated that we are seeking 
God above mm. everything else. Mm. Uh, but God has already, in short, uh, one day done what is needed. Yeah. All we have to do is to come to him. God mm. gave his only son, Jesus Christ, that whosoever believes shall not perish, but shall have everlasting mm. life. Mm. And it really is that simple. Right now is an opportunity, listeners. If you're thinking, I want to get to know this Christ Jesus for myself. Then we've got a prayer that places entire reliance on God. It's nothing that we can do. It's nothing that money can buy or influence or good works or anything. It's only what Christ has already done for us, what God has done through Christ. If that's you, and you say this prayer, believing in your heart that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Saviour, and, and speaking it with your mouth, yes, you will be saved. God will see you the way he will see his son because of his righteousness, because of his grace. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I'm sorry for the way that I have lived my life, my thoughts, wrong attitudes, my behaviour, my words both written and spoken, my bo broken promises, the ways I've let people down and the other wrong things I've done. Please forgive me. Please help me to repent, to turn away from everything that's wrong. Please now come into my life by your spirit to be my Lord and Saviour forever and help me to be the person you want me to be. Amen. Hmm. So saying that prayer in your heart and speaking that with your mouth means that you have then been made right with God and what we would advise you to do start reading the bible because that's god's word start prayer because prayer is talking to god start doing what the bible says in particular love the lord your god with all your heart mind soul and strength and your neighbor as yourself and doing these things will be virtually doing everything that god would want you to do yeah <laughs> it, re it really is as simple as that um so we would love to know if you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Saviour. So please get in contact with us. It's rob, R-O-B, at g4g.org.uk. So that's rob at g4g.org.uk. Now, I'll be back with you again in about a fortnight's time because next week we have Woa Conair from Woman of Africa Care. In the meanwhile, have a great week. And it's bye-bye from me. And it's bye-bye. Bye.
salvation available to language groups around the world. This is your gospel in Balanda Viri. Balanda Viri language is spoken in South Sudan in the city of Wau and in the western part of the South Sudanese province of Western Equatoria. <laughs> Iwa, jogita mergotu tanjo vonze, digamteita belitojo window de ve, urungono ve unjo tono ta gilba kia waldongbi no aindo. This Bible translation of your gospel in Balanda Aviri comes courtesy of Wycliffe Bible Translators. Wycliffe.org.uk Your Gospel is made available by Gospel for Grampian Radio, which it is heard every hour, on the hour, and on podcast from podcast.g4g.org.uk Listen in life from listen.g4g.org.uk Thank you.